This episode of the Eclectic Gamers Podcast is brought to you by the Roanoke Pinball Museum in Roanoke, Virginia, and by me, he who shall not be named. The Roanoke Pinball Museum is an interactive museum dedicated to the science and history of pinball and its magic within. Their mission is to cultivate curiosity in science, art, and history through pinball while preserving and honoring its role in American culture. The museum is open every day except Monday and pandemic days, and it houses over 65 machines with models from 1932 to 2018. Roanoke Pinball Museum Go play their games, because Harry Potter will never have his own pinball machine. Welcome to the Eclectic Gamers Podcast. Today is Sunday, August 23rd. This is episode 122. I'm Tony. And I'm Dennis. And we're we're back, Tony. And we actually have a number of news items this week. Yeah, I I mean, it's great. I was kind of surprised when everything came up. It's like, hey, look, there's actual stuff to talk about. We don't have to just kind of fill the air. Yeah, though we are pretty good at filling the air. And I'm not going to say that this is going to be an overly meaty episode of news. There's, just, there's actually a few items that are relevant and worth discussing in both video games and pinball. But before we do that, we have intros, which everyone loves because they get to skip them. What's been going on, yeah. Tony? Um, I have been playing games again. Uh, I've been playing some more of the hard space. Uh, Shipbreaker, they released a new, um, what do you call it, patch that has added some stuff to it, and so I've been playing some more of that. I've also been doing a combination of reading and audiobooks, because I do audiobooks on the way to and from work a lot of times when yes, I'm doing yes. yard work, uh, and I found a new series uh, that I enjoy quite a lot. Um, and it's an interesting fantasy take, uh, because it uses all the normal fantasy tropes, but it kind of plays them in a fun way. It's a two book series so far. The the first book was called Kings of the Wild by Nicholas Ames. And basically it treats your normal fantasy, um, murder hobo type little group band as like a band. I mean, they, they have fans and, uh, they, they, they specifically take bards with them to, uh, tell their stories and record it and, and, and create songs for them. And the first book, Kings of the Wild, is all about a retired band that's getting the band back together. <laughs> <laughs> and it's hilarious. Uh, it's, it's well done. And I enjoyed it quite a lot. Then, then there's a, the second book in the series takes, follows a different band, uh, that's tangentially related to that band, to the first band, but it's a younger band, not, not the old retired band, but it's been really enjoyable too. Uh, I've been pretty happy with both of them so far. Uh, I've also been, I've been watching a bunch of Amazon Prime and Netflix, some of their movies and TV series and, Reading some Stephen King, and I've actually been fairly active the last couple of weeks. Oh, that's good. Productive. That's what people like. That's oh what no, no, I didn't say I've been productive. productive. 
I mostly just been working. Uh, I have not played anything of note other than continuing my phone games. I did watch a lot of Summer Games Done Quick, which just concluded earlier today. And I was a little surprised they did actually break $2.3 million in money raised for Doctors Without Borders. And for we've mentioned Games Done Quick before. They typically do two events a year. Awesome Games Done Quick in the early winter, usually January. And then Summer Games Done Quick, which is usually done around this sort of July-August period. And uh, Awesome Games Done Quick is for the Prevent Cancer Society. And Summer Games Done Quick is for Doctors Without Borders. I And it's speedrunning. They speedrun video games 24-7. The reason why I was surprised at the dollar amount was just that the entire event was done online this year. And I, you know, it's just like, is it going to work well or not? I mean, most people who are donating are watching online. So in theory, that shouldn't be a barrier. But the challenge of getting all these streamers connected, dealing with their technological issues while they're remote, a lot of them in other countries was obviously a big hurdle that normally they just deal with in a live studio. And there were a lot of technical issues, especially in the first half of the week with them just trying to – like they fell way behind on their schedule. They finally caught back up, but it was – but overall, it went really well. Good. I'd wondered how well it would handle being online only. Yeah, I mean, there were just you – know, you get weird hiccups. Like sometimes they couldn't hear the uh, people, the, the staff, because they'd get disconnected from Discord. So – other than that, though, not much. A little bit of Overwatch League. They finally are wrapping up the end of the regular season with their catch-up game. So I've kind of sort of watched those. But but I've been trying to watch the speed running. But now that that's done, I'll be able to move on with probably just more work. Let's be quite honest. I'm thinking maybe next month taking a couple days off just to finally have a break. Uh, plus, I'm getting close to that vacation cap. So it's like, uh, I don't know when I re- will reach cap October or November, I think, because I'm just not using anything. Right. And I I understand that. I've got a, uh, some couple floating holidays that have to be burned and I'm taking one. Of, I'm, I'm basically stretching the Labor Day weekend into a four day weekend mm. instead of a three day weekend. Yeah, that's actually a pretty good. Maybe I'll do that. That's a pretty good idea. But yeah, because I've I've got a floating holiday that needs to be used before it goes away. Mm-hmm. I'm not near capping my vacation out. I won't cap my vacation out until like June next year. Mm. But that's good. Yeah, it's it's just one of those. This uh, my newer. I I probably shouldn't call it the new job because I've been in it for like a year and a half now. <laughs> but it's just like uh, the cap is tighter than I used to have, so I just have to be a little more mindful of it. Right. But eh, that's okay. Speaking of okay, though, we have, as we mentioned at the start, we do have news. So we'll go into pinball. And I want to open with Jersey Jack pinball. So this is something that was noted on the pinball shows episode number 25. I have a link to it in the show notes. But it's a, is Jersey Jack pinball launching in September? Question mark. And it sounds like that they are. Jersey Jack indicated that there would be a big announcement in September. I suppose it's conceivable that it could be something else like what we talked about a few months ago when they teased that some big innovations were coming. I don't know if those big innovations were going to be coming separate from a new pinball machine, but regardless, I know in the discussion on the pinball show that Zach Minnie thinks that this is the Guns N' Roses reveal. That's the big news for September. So, so obviously we have all known that Guns N' Roses is the next Jersey Jack. Uh, if anyone had any doubt slash ruined that, like back in December, uh, I guess in terms of 
just some some thoughts. Uh, like what I know you're not a huge like the theme isn't like the creme de la creme for you. Yeah, no, the theme doesn't really do anything for me. So right, and I, I'm in a and I'm in a similar boat. I guess. Uh, so what what do you are do you let me ask first? Do you think that it, it will drop in September? Do you think JJP will launch it next month? This is JJP. I think what will happen is they'll give us lots and lots of information and pictures and stuff, and then they'll come in October at the earliest. Okay, so you think that they're still not going to actually be able to ship them when they show up? No. Hmm. I, I, you know, I don't know. I'm going to say, uh, I think that they'll ship them pretty quick. I'm going to, I'm going to give them the two week. I'm going to give them the, the two, two weeks. weeks. Yeah. And I know that's somewhat dangerous because they've never met that before. But given I had heard reports that they were shutting or modifying or transitioning the line, which I'm assuming is to GNR from Wonka. And I heard that a few weeks ago that. I want to think that they must have been building them. I could be wrong. I don't know. I heard Wonka's just got shipped to Australia, so maybe the line hadn't been shifted yet. But, uh, yeah, okay. So, I mean, I won't be, unfortunately, I won't be surprised if, no, the game's not ready. But uh, the thing that confu- that confounds it for me and confuses me a bit is, obviously, they moved the factory. So they're based in Chicago now, and I don't know how disruptive that all was. I don't know how disruptive COVID all was. I know both of those things are disruptive by their very nature. So it's just the cloak has been pulled pretty tight around JJP. So it's difficult to know what's been going on on the manufacturing front. So, okay. So we, those are our thoughts about the game happening. We both agree though, that it will be the GNR reveal in September. Uh, oh yeah. Do, do you, do you, do you have any like thoughts about who, who's working on the game? <sighs> no, not really because. It's hard to, for me to judge their kind of rotation because they keep kind of sliding games forward and backward in rotations. Mm. I mean, because I mean, I we were expecting you know Toy Story last year. Yeah, yeah, and, I was at least. Yeah, I was too. Well, I mean, they they said they were going to have two games out pretty quick last year, and we saw how that went. Right. Well, ba- based off of that. I, I'm going to go ahead and I, I do think that Eric Minier, who did Pirates, is the one doing Guns N' Roses. Um, that would, that would be the most rotation-y rotation because Wonka was Pat Lawler. And I had heard that Pat Lawler was Toy Story. So that would mean you have a Eric Pat, Eric Pat pattern, which would make sense. I would also assume that, uh, because he wasn't Kiefer or Keith Johnson, was not the lead programmer for Wonka that I would assume he is for Guns N' Roses. But again, I'm just following the pattern, uh, the pattern I'm making up. Uh, one of the things <laughs> that, kind of, that kind of surprised me was I have always assumed that Guns N' Roses will be a wide body game. Uh, in the discussion on that episode 25 of the pinball show, which I, I did co-host, uh, Zach many thinks it's standard. Really? Yeah. Now, I know Pat Lawler doesn't like wide bodies. I always assumed that the reason why Dialed In and Wonka are standards was simply because Jersey Jack Pinball yielded to what Pat wanted, even though I had always felt the company philosophy was, we need to do wide bodies because wide bodies mean you have more stuff and more stuff means you're better. More stuff also makes it more expensive. It does. 
But I think, you know, that bloat, if you will, was it's like part of the corporate philosophy or that was always my interpretation. However, I have also heard that with the changes in leadership that have been going on at Jersey Jack Pinball, the company has taken a lot of different positions than what the founder, Jack Guineri, established when he set up Jersey Jack. And so one of those things can be we're not doing wide bodies anymore. I don't think that would be a bad thing for them. My uh, my dislike uh, of wide bodies conceptually due to their inferior geometry by definition uh, is well known. So I won't harp on that. So I agree with you. I would like to see Jersey Jack abandon wide bodies entirely and never return to them again. I just assumed, though, that even if there was a corporate philosophy shift, that Guns N' Roses had been in development for so long that it was going to be a wide. So I'm still going to be – I will be surprised if it's a standard. I still have not been able to wrap my mind that they – that that it's going to be a standard with. But Yeah, I just – But if it I'm is – Right. If it is, then that's yeah. not a bad thing. I just honestly – would have expected it to be a wide body. Everything I've ever thought was that it would be a wide body. I mean, I would really like to see what Eric can do with a standard because there were some things he did with pirates conceptually that I liked, but what are the best Jersey Jack pinball games? I, I, in my opinion, it's dialed in in Wonka and those are not wide. They are standard. You're right. They are their best games. So, so there's some of that. I guess, uh, uh setting aside width. And setting aside the fact that neither of us are particularly enthused about the theme, what what would you like to like? What would you like to see them do on 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 GNR? I'll, I'll throw one out. I want the I want the freaking Wi-Fi update code. That, like I want it. I want it now. I want it now. Let's finally have that. Why is this taking everyone forever? Wi-Fi has been around for decades. I don't. I don't get it. Uh, so I want this game to ship with the ability for, at the very least, for Jersey Jack pinball owners of GNR to be able to update their code through the Wi-Fi. That would be nice. I just, I don't think there's any reason at this point for this still to be, I still don't understand why Stern doesn't have it out either, quite frankly. I, I think that would be a very nice addition. I don't know if that's the kind of thing that you would consider with the big change special thing. Yeah, I th- they've indicated. I I believe they've indicated that it's going to be more than just that. That that's not innovative, really. And I agree, it's not. I mean, my TV updates with the Wi-Fi. Yeah, it's it's it's. it's I'm, so, I'm sorry. I'm not impressed by this. It's just I don't want to have to take out the translate every single time I want to do a code update. I know I'm a little lazy, but you know what? It's 2020. So, uh, so that's something. That's something I'd like to see. Is there something? What, Something you that you would like to be surprised by with? I mean, it could be more game specific than that. I mean, that was fairly on the back end. Is there something? Well, that's the thing with with my lack of interest in this game theme. Anything? I mean, it's not like I can have something that's going to be super specific that jumps out to me because it's a theme that I just have no interest I'll, in. I'll give I'll give you one. So I'll give you one that won't happen, but I wish it would. I want. Guns N' Roses, to have always on GI. I am sick and tired of JJP games that turn off all the lights. And then when they're in the 403 Club, I can't see the ball anymore. It's like, Wonka has this incredible, awesome light show, but everything is a is a color-controlled, uh, independently assignable 
bulb and they turn them all off. It's like, I need there to be GI and it should always be on. If you want to let it be color changing and controllable, fine, fine. But at least keep the lights on. Some lights need to just always be on. I, I, you need I, to be able to I, see a I, little I know, something. I know I'm being a little like, in my day we had lights and they we didn't turn them off when people were trying to play. I know I'm being a little, I'm a little fuddy-duddy on that, but I'm like, come on. I get it. It's like, oh, look at this. Look, You can blind, pe- blind people all you want. Use flashers for that. Call Dwight Sullivan. He'll give you some tips. Don't turn off every single bulb ever, except when the game's off. It just pisses me off to no end. If you play in a dark environment, it's ridiculous. You're basically mandating pin stadiums. And I can't just go in and install pin stadiums on a location pin. Yeah. I mean, they'd probably be and would like, you yeah, want absolutely, to Dennis, give us They'd probably go, yeah, Dennis, buy us some pin stadiums. Heck yeah, do it. Do it now. I just, I just, as cool as independently controllable G, uh, bulbs are and, and GI and get, letting it change to give you moods, I just... Never turn it all off. Never turn it all off. I just think it's wrong. It just, I mean, there's a reason why those games feel dark. It's because they are. <laughs> oh, man. Now I want to see a grim, dark Wonka game. Ugh. Wonka <laughs> does this. Wonka's all like, hey, look, look at the kaleidoscope of colors. And you do certain things, and it's like, all the lights went away. And I'm like, did I break it? No, this is what they wanted oh, to do to me. And it makes me sad. Because, I mean, you remember where we had Wonka at 403. 403 is not oh, yeah. a well-lit location. It's very dark in there. So it's just like, ugh. And when, when I'm not streaming. Out, it was like, uh, did the machine just shut off? Did it just? Right. And, I mean, I usually have the lights on when I play pinball because I'm streaming. When I'm not streaming, I play with the lights off. And I ju- games that don't have good GI just bug me. And turning off GI means not good GI. It's like the definition. So. That's something I yeah, want. I don't expect to see one. it, but I want. Yeah, it's not something I think they'll do. They'll be all about the light show, which will include, I think, big periods of darkness. I think there's points in time where darkness could actually be good. Um, but I don't think it's any time while the ball is in play. Mm. Uh, personally, I think some darkness, especially with like a music pen, black everything out with just a, maybe a light or two here or there. At ball launch, especially on a ball one launch, kind of plays into that whole band theme thing. But yeah, for the most part, give me lights. I don't want to flip around blindly hoping that I catch the darn ball. Uh, another thing that here's something I expect to see on GNR. I want, not want, I don't, I really don't care if they do this or not, but I do think that they'll do some sort of homage style thing to the Daddy East Jurassic Park. Or Jurassic Park. Oh my god, no. Why would wow, they do that? that would Why be would weird they do that? as crap. No, no. The uh, Daddy East uh, Guns N' Roses. Now, I don't know if you've ever played the Daddy East Guns N' Roses, but one of the interesting things that they did is the left and right ramps are in the shape of a G and an R. I'm not going to say that Jersey Jack will actually shape the ramps as a G and an R as well, but I do think there will be something in the shape of a G and an R on the play field. And I'm going to call that an homage to Daddy East. Uh, okay. Uh, that's one of those things. It's like, yeah, I can see where it might be a... I don't see where them doing an homage would hurt. I can see them doing it. Um, but I'm saying I expect to see it. I think they will do it. Give in. Do as you're no, saying. No, I, I mean, I, if they don't do it, I don't, I don't care. I don't think they owe that game anything, but I'm just, yeah. that was like the one thing that I hear a lot of people say about the 
GNR from Daddy East was, oh, yeah, the, people don't notice it. And it's like, that's really cool. They integrated the band initials in such a cool way onto the play field. And I think that I don't know if like GNR likes to have like their G and their R integrated into stuff, but it made me think maybe they do because Slash was involved in that game's development. So I could see a, something like in the shape of a G and an R, but I won't go so far as to say the ramps because I, I think Eric's going to want to do his own thing and not. Not to right. daddy. He's dead. I'm, I mean, I'm sure there will be a GNR somewhere on the uh, on the machine. It just makes sense. I'm saying on the play field. Okay. I'm pretty sure that I think you're right. I think okay. it'll be there as well. I want to be right. So I'm glad that you're in agreement. The question is, is do you think that the callouts are going to be the obvious type of callouts you would expect? For a GNR pen. Uh, what do you mean by the obvious? Uh, let me rephrase. Do you think Slash will do them? Yes, I do. Okay. Yeah, I, I think I think given his I think it's pretty much a given. So. I'm not saying it's something I want. I just think that's pretty much going to be a given well, on it. And I've heard from... I think it might be also episode 25. I don't, I don't promise on this, but it was a, a discussion that Zach and I had on the pinball show, but... Uh, Zach, uh, one of the, one of the pinball show, the correspondent that covers, uh, Jersey Jack, I believe, in his news summary did indicate that they had a source that indicated, like, the collector's edition will have all the signatures of all the band members. So, Slash, Axel, the rest. So, oh, that's cool. There's some involvement with the band in the game. And just, given that Slash is such a pinhead, I think, I, I've always just taken it as a, it's such a given, I wasn't even going to bring it up. That slash would do the callouts, but just kind of the the there's no assumption. It just is. Uh, yeah, I mean, what it is. I mean, I could see maybe him not being like the main narrator. Maybe just having him do certain custom. Like if they didn't want to give him forty pages of script or something, uh, I could see that. But I think he's going to be involved in saying some stuff, like the multi balls or something. Does a pinball machine typically have forty pages of script for the callouts? No, I don't know. I, I don't know. Nowadays, I mean, <laughs> as expensive as these are, as bloated as the code is, sure, why not? I mean, I, I, maybe like sixteen point font or something. Double spaced courier new, one line per page. Yeah, <laughs> multi ball madness. Oh wait, that was two pages. He had to turn it over. Yes, that's why there's the pause. Multi ball madness. <laughs> Uh, well, let's move on from Jersey Jack to another September, uh, Deep Root. So they announced that they're going to, through, uh, uh, Twip TV's July 2020 pinball recap. And I have a link to that in the show notes if people want to go and uh, watch that YouTube video. Uh, it was mentioned that Deep Root is going to do their reveal in September. So we haven't talked about Deep Root in much depth for quite a long time, Tony. No, we, we haven't. It has been a company that has unfortunately been plagued by delays. Uh, what do you think overall about the reveal? I guess, what do you expect to see out of the reveal? And I, I'll shape this a little more. Do you think that this reveal is only Retro Atomic Zombie Adventureland, Raza, the game that we saw the prototypes of uh, back at the end of last year? The one we saw the prototypes of where they were continually saying, now this is just a prototype and this is probably going to change and this is the wrong cabinet and these are the wrong this and this is the wrong graphics and this is the wrong. So it's like basically it's like we just made a machine that's totally not the machine that it will eventually be. Yeah, I think that's all it's going to be. Okay. I agree, though I do think that 
all of that prototype stuff will be finished. That we'll see the the innovations that they're talking about will finally be shown. Oh, I think you're right. I I, I definitely think that's what it will be, but. It's going to completely be, I will be very surprised and honestly, pleasantly surprised if they show us more than just a done Raza. Hmm. Well, I mean, I, I could, while I only expect to see the, the finished Raza, I wouldn't be too surprised if they at least do some tease stuff with some of their other upcoming ones. I would think most of that will probably be art if they show anything, but but right. I, I don't lean towards it happening. I, I think it will all be focused on Raza. My understanding is it'll be a fairly small event. Uh, the Pinball Network, which is obviously I'm I'm involved with over with the, doing the pinball show. Uh, one of the there is a, we we do have a correspondent that covers Deep Root. They are going to the reveal. My understanding is a fairly small group that's been invited to this. To this reveal, because the reveal plans, of course, have been compromised by COVID. So the original large event around Texas Pinball Festival was unable to happen for for that reason. Um, in terms of the game, Raza, do you think that it'll be ready to ship when they show it? I think it better be. I'm going to do the same thing. I think thing. if it's not ready to ship, they shouldn't be showing it at this I, point. I, I essentially agree. I'm going to say the same thing I said with JJP. I think that within two weeks of, like, it'll be ready to order and they'll be shipped within two weeks. I'm going to do the two weeks again. Give them that two week period, that buffer. Ideally, I would hope they would have some boxed and ready to go. I, I would hope so. I would think that, I think with them supposed to have had the release or the, all the big announcements and everything, at TPF and their initial showing at the end of last year, like we already spoke about, if they don't have it done and ready to ship or even better, uh, to have it done and already at some distributors, then they messed up. I mean, there's not a nice way to put it. Uh, they have been base. They've been teasing for years everything get, keeps getting changed everything keeps getting pushed back they were supposed to have had a big reveal at TPF 2 years ago they were supposed to have, in 19 i mean and it didn't happen and then they were supposed to have the big one in 20 and 20 got canceled not their fault but if they don't have something ready to go this year how much longer can they go on that depends on their cash cash reserves but uh i think it's a very fair question i I agree in the sense that I don't, I don't see the point in doing the reveal in September if they're not actually ready. Like well, at this point, you've you've missed so many deadlines. Why why do it in September if you're still not ready? Why not wait till October or November? Right. So yeah, that's why I think that they're going to be ready to ship the Razas, uh, at least in the sense that even though they still have to actually assemble them, that everything's ready to go, and that's why they're doing the reveal because otherwise. There's no, there's no reason to have this as an arbitrary deadline. You missed all the more important arbitrary deadlines. So that you set for yourself. So given that, I just think it only makes, I mean, cause in some ways is September, is September even the best month? I mean, we're just picking like from a PR standpoint. If JJP is launching GNR in September, my non PR training brain says, wouldn't Deep Root rather have done it in a different month to 
not be starved from ox for oxygen from JJP. Oh, you would you would think, you but would I don't hope. think that, I don't think that's what's factored into it. That's why I think it's no. They're ready to go. They need. They want income for all their hard work. So if they're ready in September, reveal in September. That being said, September is probably safe in the sense that I don't expect Stern to reveal their next cornerstone in September, given how far behind they are on producing pins that demand started to build up with over with COVID and the fact that Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is doing so well for Stern. I think that Stern's third cornerstone is going to come this year, but not but not in September. So it's a good month to avoid the 800-pound gorilla. So what do you think on Stern? You think in November? Uh, or December. Kind of like Stranger Things was December. I'm I'm thinking December. Uh, November, I wouldn't be too shocked, though, if uh, Cactus Canyon continued drops from Chicago Gaming. Because, remember, it's been quite a while since Monster Bash. I think they're basically ready to go with Cactus Canyon. I wouldn't be surprised. So... And then they're, they're, they've been, my, my reports are they've also been working on their licensed original game. Like they're making their own game. Uh, but I don't, I don't expect that this year, but I do expect it next. So I don't think we'll see a remake after Cactus Canyon. I think the next game after that will actually be a new game. So, uh, so given that, uh, yeah, I, we'll, we'll see how it goes, but, but yeah, that's where, Given that, I think avoiding Stern's the, like, if you need to avoid someone, avoid Stern. I don't know how Guns N' Roses is going to do for JJP. I don't expect it to do as well as Wonka, quite No frankly. way. It there is, so, is no it's way. It's so different than the theme. Now, I, I, I think this is fine. I don't think JJP should stay in the kiddie zone, where it feels like everything that they've been picking until GNR was designed for people that only have five-year-olds in the house. Okay, yeah, I can see that actually. Just like it's all super, super safe, and I'm not saying go out there and be edgy. I'm not saying go out there and stick a bunch of profanity in your games, but it's like yeah, so. Wizard of Oz, Hobbit, Dialed In, Wonka—it's all really like whimsical stuff. As as Zach with his obsession with tone in pinball was his whim, so much whimsy. It's a little, it's a little too cute for me. I would like to see something maybe a little more grounded. And yeah. GNR is more grounded, but the thing is, uh, another, it's like, it fits every definition of what we expect to see out of a pinball manufacturer for a music pin. A has been band that got its name in the seventies and eighties. Right. I mean, here's the thing is the one that surprises me has always been Iron Maiden. Cause if anything, Iron Maiden had the much smaller fan following, but. I agree. Because it was such a good game and such a good layout that overcame, that actually overcame the theme. It wasn't about the theme. It was about the game itself. Indeed. But imagine how many more sales they could have had if they had an attractive theme. Oh, it would have been huge. I've just anecdotally heard so many people who love that game, but they won't own it. They don't, they don't want to, they don't like the art. They don't like the music. They don't want to have to use pin browser or whatever and change the music out. They don't want to have to go to the trouble. And they're just like, and especially now, it's like, why don't I just buy Jurassic Park from Elwyn instead? I still get an Elwyn layout with Elwyn rules with a much more palatable theme. Yeah. Plus, I personally think Jurassic Park is a better shooting game than Iron Maiden, but that's just my opinion. Not everyone agrees with that. What do you want to see out of D? So let's, we both agree, all right, it's Raza. So like maybe on some, what? Is there an innovation you've had in mind that 
you'd like to see them to do? You know, I'd like to see them have the Wi-Fi. <laughs> Maybe they can have the Wi-Fi first. <laughs> they can have the Wi-Fi. They can have oh, the I, Wi-Fi. I, I, I can't say Wi-Fi first. I can't say Wi-Fi first. The multimorphic people will email me incessantly. Okay. So let me pull that back. Not first, but they will have if they can have the Wi-Fi and their super magical, indestructible hit it with the hammer play fields. Oh, I do. I want them to hammer. I want them to hammer test that. Oh, I so want. They so need to hammer test it on this thing. I'm gonna. I would be so disappointed. And then, uh, it'd be it'd be so disappointing. I want them to bring out John Cena with the hammer. And have oh, him like they it. can afford John Cena at this point. Well, I just like figure maybe he's not <laughs> busy and he could just like swing by. Maybe but he's John Cena's not busy. Well, uh, with COVID. He might be not that busy. Maybe he's buddies with Robert. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> people know people. You know. That's maybe how- they can have a. Maybe they can can find a a, a a John Cena impersonator or. All right, fine. They can call Mark Silk. He likes pinball. Mark Silk can fly over and he can hit it with the hammer and he can do an impression of John Cena with his voice. There, I've solved it. I've solved it for you, Deep Root. How about how no about charge. if they grab like French Stewart? I can see that. I'm oh, sure he's not French busy. Stewart. <laughs> I haven't thought about French Stewart in years. Nobody has. <laughs> oh, Nobody oh has. but Third Rock from the Sun was so fun. <laughs> it was fun. <laughs> and when did Third Rock from the Sun end? I don't remember. Like twenty years yeah, ago. Yeah, like sometime after I went through puberty, but before I was done with college. I'm not sure quite. That sort of a blur, but somewhere in there. Two thousand and one. <laughs> Okay. So, yeah, almost no, I was 20 wrapping years. up college, yeah. Oh, wow. So, I'm sure he's he he's available. Okay, well. All right, French Stewart if you can't get John or Mark. That's my recommend- <laughs> that's my personal recommendation. I you know, I don't know what to expect out of the out of the innovations is the thing. That's I mean, and they've they've talked so much over the years about all of the innovations and I can't even remember all of the innovations they've talked about their quad production and and whatever it was and 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 playfield the ocho and octo assembly octo assembly and all the crazy stuff uh I want to see them put out a game that's a fun which, from everything I've heard, that Raza last year wasn't. I've heard Shoots they made tweaks. Well. well, yeah, I mean, who knows? Because the way they talked about every single item on that machine being proto, like, like, like pre-alpha prototype, uh, really leans that towards being, hey, look. We threw together a box of lights that kind of shoots here. Love us, but I, I'd like I'd like it to have be fun to shoot and have good callouts and actually be enjoyable. And I think the reality is, is we'll probably get. I doubt we'll get any of those things. At this point, I doubt we'll get any of those things. Yeah, I, uh, I just, I mean, here's a, and this is, I wish. I liked J-pop layouts more than I do, but, and I know there'll be some, some modifications to what we saw with Raza. Just unfortunately for me, unfortunately, I'm just not interested in Raza 
So I really want to see Deep Root stuff, but it's like, I want to see John Norris. I want to see Dennis Nordman. I want to see what Robert's game's like. I want to see Barry's game. Uh, it's like, so unfortunately I can't, I don't think I'm capable of getting excited about Raza because I know what the layout looks like and I just am not impressed by it. But I am curious, like I want to see like maybe some of the innovations regarding the serviceability. If they've got something like that, where it's a lot easier to work on the play fields, uh, you know, I don't know if they're doing something maybe where some other games in the past have done where you don't necessarily have to pull the glass, but it lifts or, you know, just things that just make, you know, quality of life stuff that just makes it easier. That would be easier. nice. Yeah. I, I would like some stuff like that. And I'm, I'm like you. I mean, I don't, I think this whole rehabilitation of J-pop thing is one of the things that I dislike about the whole deep root situation but it is what it is yeah i mean i i think that ultimately strategically i think it was a mistake but uh, you know i don't know i still see like on penn side i see people that they i mean there was someone i don't remember i don't remember their handle i remember that they listed their location as being not in the united states but that was like they want they just, they'll buy anything j-pop they just want something new from j-pop and so maybe there is a built-in sale base. I mean, his games rank pretty high. It's just even though I've liked a number of his games, I don't love any of them. So right. So setting aside his issues with Zidware and everything, I just he's not one of my top designers. He's just not. And I'm not, especially after seeing Raza, it reminds me a little bit about Brian Eddy and Stranger Things. And I, while I wasn't shocked by it, I look at it and I go. This looks an awful lot like Attack from Mars and Medieval Madness for me to be impressed by. And I look at Raza and I see a lot of the same old tricks. And I guess it's good for the fans because it's like, he's doing the stuff. He's doing the thing. He's doing the thing, man. He's doing the thing. Yeah. He's doing the thing. But for me, I don't know. I just want to, you know, it's like, I just want to see something, see something different. That's kind of like why, where with, with John Norris, for example, it's like, okay, he's got a lot of games I can look back from Premiere to see, but- they were like poor. They gave no time. They didn't have a budget. And that's where it's been. I want to see what John Norris could do with money. Like everyone else who's with this company came from a manufacturer that had money, but John didn't. And I want to see what right. he could do when he actually is given something more than a three month development cycle. It's like if he's given the actual here, here, here here's the check. Right. Here's some time. Do it right. Do it your way make the game you want to make type thing. Yeah. And I have no idea what like his bill of materials he's been permitted to use and such are, but I do know one thing. They gave him time. They sure gave him time. Well, so yeah. He's I been mean, able, and it's just, it's just something like, I think he had some really interesting ideas with premiere that are hampered because of how premiere did their parallel development. And so I just, I, that's where, see, it's something new. I can see, with him, I can see something new, like with Nordman and and J Pop and Osler. I think I'm going to see what I've seen from them before. Yeah, so, I can see that. So it's like John Norris and then and Robert, who was doing his uh, Fire and Brimstone game. I have no idea. He might have a knack for designing. I so it's it's an enigma, and that's what excites me. Is I want to see the enigma stuff. I don't uh, as cool as uh, the thing is. Like I like Nordman designs better than J-pop designs. So, and, like I was really blown away by Elvira, Elvira, Elvira House of Horrors. So, 
like I could see maybe wanting to buy his game, but Raza doesn't do it for me. Just it's not my cup of tea. No, but not well, really. let's go. Oh, go ahead. I said no. It it doesn't really. It it has. I mean, the the theme is just what it is. We've seen the video clip and everything. I like that it's a silly theme. I think that's... I, I, I do like a return of silly themes, but if it's not, it doesn't. That alone doesn't bring enough, unless it is fun to play, shoots right. well. Yeah, right. I but I don't buy. I don't. I don't buy games uh, around their theme. So I mean that. I watched Walking Dead is nice having a Walking Dead, but that's not why I own the game sort of thing. So anyway, uh, last pinball topic, the Stern's almost, I'm saying question mark, <laughs> ready, <laughs> ready to release their video output adapter for Spike 2 machines. <laughs> so this is covered in, in depth in the pinball shows episode 26, which uh, just dropped uh, like a today, I think the day we're recording. Um, so I have a link to it in the show notes for people that want to go. It's, it's near the front of the episode. Um, so what happened is, is that discussion revolves around what Zach Minnie, who is a owner operator of, uh, of flipping out pinball, which is a distributor, uh, regarding what Stern is currently referring to as pre-production samples of the video output adapter. So for those that aren't familiar, Spike 2 is the board system that powers the LCD games of Stern Pinball. So ever since Aerosmith. And that main LCD display operates on an LVDS. It's an LVDS LCD. LVDS stands for Low Voltage Differential Signaling. So people, streamers in particular, have been wanting an easy way to direct capture that digital feed so that when they're streaming, they don't just have to point a camcorder or a webcam at the LCD, but instead can get a nice clear picture directly outputted from the pinball machine. So, and by that, we mean capture via HDMI because that's what most commercial devices are using. So, uh, this isn't new. Like this concept isn't new. Jack Danger, who operates Deadflip, uh, the professional streamer. He's been doing direct capture out of Spike 2 for uh, quite a while. I think over a year at this point. And there are ways to put together a direct capture system. Buffalo Pinball, I know, uh, several months ago at this point, released a guide on how to construct one and, and hook it up into a Stern Pinball machine. So that's what some people that have been really dedicated to wanting to direct do, uh, who want to do direct capture have done. So anyway, my understanding, this is in the nutshell stuff that's covered in the, in the TPS episode, but so a customer contacted Zach saying that Stern has the video adapter, uh, available. So Zach calls the Stern parts division and they say, yeah, yeah, we got the video output adapters ready. They're packaged and ready to go. Uh, do you want any? Zach ordered 30 of them. Uh, he got them. He, Put them up for sale on his flipping out website for about $40 plus shipping. And, uh, I think he put out a video showing, walking through the install. Like, they come with it. They come with instructions, but, but showing the install. So, uh, he sent out the, those 30 already spoken for. He either already sold them or he would, he just decided out of generosity to give them to people that were streaming under the TPN label, 
So he even is sending me one, even though it's like, I don't have it yet, but he shipped me one. Hopefully the UPS, <laughs> hopefully the U, I don't know if he shipped it USPS, but hopefully their mail sorting machines don't screw me over on my, on my part. <laughs> but, but, um, but that being said, I don't have a spike two system. So I, I don't have anything to stream with it right now anyway. But anyway, so that all comes out, but then Stern contacted him because I guess demand was high enough that he put in another order for, I think, another 60 from their parts department. And Stern contacted him and said, oh, we're we're sorry. Um, Stern management hadn't actually launched the product yet. So the parts department shouldn't have sold him any. So they didn't want him to ship any out. He'd already shipped out that, that lot of 30. So that, which they were like, okay, that's fine. That's not like, it's not a big deal. But they wanted him to take down the install video. They wanted him to not list it on the website anymore. Um, my understanding is at the very least that Jack Danger was involved in the development of the product in some way. And I guess there was an arrangement between him and Stern. And my, my supposition is Stern did not do everything that that arrangement was entailing. As in, I heard that maybe they're supposed to be cross-branded and have dead flips name on them or something. And that's not the case on these. So, but. I don't know if they actually were a pre-production sample or if someone just forgot something and these are actually done except for the branding or if there's any more work to be. My understanding is they fully work. They're not, they're not a prototype. They're not a, they're not made with inferior materials or anything like that. So anyway, what, what are your thoughts about the video output adapter concept? I think it's a wonderful concept. I think it's something that will make streaming modern games a lot better. And I think it's something that has been coming and should have been coming for a while. Uh, I find it really strange that somebody could have sent out so many and then suddenly be like, uh, management just, well, no, I don't. Never mind. I do see that as possible to happening. I've seen similar stuff happen often enough where they're like, well, we're just about ready to let's do this and then we'll get started. And then, Something gets started. It's like, well, I never gave the final go ahead, but yeah, I mean, it's a it's a big company. I, I in a way, I guess I'm not too shocked that that something like that could happen. Uh, do you think anyone besides streamers would really be interested in this? I don't know why anyone other than streamers would be interested in this. Well, the scenario for uh, that Zach brought up uh, was you could, for example, do like a video display topper. Of course, he got mine immediately went to the toppers. So you you could, but but why? Most of them have screens that are big enough now that why would you? Yeah, no, I don't. I don't uh, really. Unless there was a way that you could set it up so that it would display, you'd still need a camera to display playfield. I mean, that's the only thing is I I could see is if you were doing something where you were setting it up with a uh a display above the machine, a vertical television above the machine with play field, and then using this to mm, put, also put the idea. backboard above it. That way the people who aren't actually at the machine can still see the ball in play, still see, but you're still going to have to set the whole thing up, uh, a, a camera rig up to capture the play field. So I don't know. Do you have any thoughts on like overall demand for, I mean, I guess some of the larger streamers, I could see them maybe wanting, like, I think my initial thought was, well, maybe a streamer wants one. And then I, I guess some of the larger ones might 
just because of the annoyance of having to hook the stuff up, might want one for each of their spike games. So I guess some people might actually want a few uh, just for convenience, which I I understand because I hate moving the tripod. I, even right. when we, even with that us at the where I mean it's like down to a Tony like can do this setup stuff by feel at at the uh, <laughs> at KC Pinball Championship, but it still takes like three minutes, three to five minutes to set up two games. Um, and it's yeah. just, you know, it gets and a little well, tiresome. And once you get the everything set, and we kind of make sure those are set up so they're easier to maneuver because we know that we're going to be maneuvering them so quickly. Um, but still, as long as the price is somewhat decent, I can see having two or three of these if you have a lot of games that could utilize them. If you bounce between streams a whole bunch, um, depending upon how quick these are to set up and, and activate, I don't know how useful these would be in our situation of running like tournaments and stuff, uh, doing tournament videos, unless you, there's something you can literally just go plug, go without resetting anything. Yeah. I can see where two or three would make sense for most people, mm -hmm. uh, if they're really into, uh, streaming or, just for ease. I guess it's going to completely depend upon how easy they are to move compared to yeah. a normal rig. Yeah, and I, I haven't looked into that, so I'm not I'm not sure. You did bring up price, though, and that's kind of the final area I wanted to explore with this. So, all right, so branding, you know, that was the discussion that happened on TPS. And if there was, so I could, like, I could see Jack being frustrated if he worked on this, some relationship with Stern. The But to me, the branding, because this is like an internal part that's behind the back box. So like having the logo, for example, I assume isn't necessarily the biggest deal. Maybe it, maybe it is. I don't, I mean, I don't really have a brand, so I don't think of it that way, but, but maybe there was a financial. You are a brand, Dennis. I, I'm a, you I'm, a, are I'm an a off brand. brand. I'm the Kroger of podcasts. And the, but like if there's a monetary arrangement that was expected for co-development or something. Again, uh, as part of the discussion, Stern parts division sold these to Zach. They didn't tell him though. And this is not unusual for most parts, like common parts that you put into a game, like the boards, the stuff on the play field. They have a cost to the distributor and the distributor can set what their own price will be. Zach obviously went just under $40. Uh, to build in his profit margin and everything. Now, Tony, I've told you how much Stern charged. Yeah. So I guess as part of a stream that Jack Danger was doing, when someone mentioned the, uh, uh, someone brought up how much they were being sold on the website at Flipping Out Pinball. And Jack, I guess, had said, I've, I've not verified that I didn't go back and play this. I heard he had said that he had thought it would be hundred hundreds of dollars. So let's say plural. I had heard it plural. Okay. But let's just say a hundred. Um, hey, this is, this is going to be twice as expensive as the, as, as a capture card so you can stream. This is right, going to be right. twice so, as, uh, yeah. yeah. So like a, a used, uh, cam capture card is usually about a hundred bucks, sort of. Right. For a 4K one. Yeah. So, all right. Let me ask first, given this pullback about them still needing to do them being stern, still needing to do stuff to this quote-unquote pre-production sample. Do you think that the price goes up when it's finally released? Yeah. And Honestly, by goes up, I, I mean the amount so. that they're... Yeah, yeah. That, that Okay. 
I agree. I think uh, that it will. I, I, I think they will. If the, if this was, if that was the whole thing and that's what happened, then of course it's going to, which is going to make it even worse. And it, but there's no way something like this should be a hundred bucks, let alone 200 bucks. Uh, yeah. I mean, out of respect for the fact that he was the distributor that got them, I, I would check with Zach before doing this. But honestly, if the price lists at a hundred dollars, uh, I'd be sorely tempted to just go ahead publicly and tell you all how much they actually cost to make. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause that's just hot garbage. Yeah. No, I mean, there's a, uh, there's markup and then there's gouging. And, um, in my judgment, this price point that they were listed at was a sufficient enough markup already. Just, yeah. Just, just my interpretation. I mean, I, I get it. You need a, you need a certain amount of money to warrant the, the time for it. But I'm just thinking about other, you know, like you compared it to the capture cards and how much a full capture card is. And you still need a capture card for this, by the way. I mean, if it's outputting to HDMI, your computers aren't normally designed to input HDMI without a capture card. That's what they're for. So you still need a $100 plus item to get this to work on your computer anyway, right? That's true. I mean, when I'm capturing from my camcorder, I had to buy a capture card. I couldn't just pump the HDMI output from the camcorder, unfortunately, into, into my laptop. It didn't know how to do it. It didn't know how to handle it. So I had to, I had to use a capture card. That's not, that doesn't come with this. This, this does not come with a capture card, unfortunately. See, if it came with a capture card, I could understand a hundred to two hundred dollar price point. Mm-hmm. So anyway, well, we'll have to wait and see. I asked Zach if he knew when the finalized versions were going to come out and he has no idea because he thought he had the finalized versions. So, <laughs> so I don't know, but, um, yeah, I, it's just going to be, I hope this doesn't turn into some weird, like cash cow bloated thing that targets streamers. But given that there are already options, like this is not like, this isn't, I don't, oh, I don't want it to sound snotty. Uh, but this is not special. Like in a way, like we already knew a way to do this. That like Buffalo already released a way to do this that is not expensive. So right. people, that's part of the thing you have to factor in. This isn't like some proprietary thing that someone can't just build another option around because another option is already out there. So um, this would be more convenient. This is less scary. People aren't worried about snapping pins and stuff with this. Totally get it. Makes sense to me why Stern would release a product like this, but. Don't start thinking you got yourself like a six hundred dollar topper here, because your toppers <laughs> aren't worth six hundred. Because your toppers, toppers aren't worth six hundred dollars either. <laughs> by the way, by the way, sorry to say, by the way, they're just not. Yeah. Okay, that's my, again just my opinion. Um, video games, Tony. There's been so much drama in video games, and at this point, that's about all I push is. Is video game drama? Well, that's I don't all the review people the want. games I play because that's the games I play nobody are are very niche. I won't say nobody likes because they're super popular, but I just don't really do the whole review and talk about upcoming games unless it's something huge or drama filled. So yeah, I understand. I understand. So <clears throat> we're going to start with what I consider the really big drama. Um, Fortnite has been pulled from the Apple and Android Play stores, their app stores. But Fortnite's huge, Tony. It is huge. Uh, but the big issue was that they wanted to, uh, and by they, I mean Epic Games, created a new way for them to get the in-game currency to basically your, your, your real money transaction stuff. Your pay to win stuff. 
Exactly. Uh, that could bypass the Apple and Google app stores. But that's a violation of their terms. That is exactly a violation of their terms, because what are they going to do if they don't get their 30% of whatever's spent on your game? Oh, my God, yeah. Are they both 30%? I know Apple is. Uh, Apple's 30%, and Google, it depends. It kind of varies. But, yeah, they're both between 20 and 30%. Sheesh. Uh, yeah, I'm in the I wrong business. <laughs> so, because of that, Epic filed suit against Apple and Google to put them back into the store because they're basically saying that they're running monopolies and that saying that they can't do transactions this way uh, violates the... Uh, uh, it basically makes it more of a monopoly and that there are other apps that do do transactions that bypass the app store. After all, when you use your Amazon app to order a bunch of stuff from Amazon, Apple doesn't get 30% of your Amazon order. Mm, that's a, that is a good point. So why does it work that way with the video games? So yeah, I, I mean, my, I guess my initial thoughts on this is their lawsuit might struggle a little more with Android because Android does have the option for you to use. Like there's an Amazon app store you can install on your right. phone. And there's the Galaxy app store. And, and e- even when Google made their announcement, uh, that they were pulling it off of the Google Play store, they flat out said that, that they are, have an open app store thing, uh, or what do you call it? Yeah, you can install environment apps without having that, to use the app store. Right. Uh, and that there was, it was available on these other app stores that were usable by Android, but since it violated their rules, they just weren't going to keep it in the Play Store. Right. So, yeah, so given that, I don't know if Epic can argue the Monopoly thing very well with them. Whereas with Apple, I think if you're not in the app store, you're basically screwed. But yeah, because Apple, I mean, no surprise, they do this with everything. They do this with hardware and software. They lock down, uh, everything. So it has to be officials. That's that, that it, it has to be direct Apple equipment and it can only go through the Apple app store. There's no other ways around it. Uh, it's just has to be in their ecosystem. Mm -hmm. The walled garden is what we like to say. Uh, I did see a similar thing that over this weekend, uh, uh, not involving a game, involving WordPress, the free, uh, website, Mm -hmm. uh, place, which, hey, our Eclectic Gamers website is on WordPress. Uh, my employee, my job, my employer site is on WordPress. Um, and apparently what happened is, their app, their WordPress app wasn't being updated on the Apple App Store. And the developers reached out to Apple and said, why, why are we not able to update, do bug fixes to our app? And they said, well, the problem is that you're not, because you need to have an option for people to buy the, you know, do the domain registrations and stuff through your app because you sell domains and things. And they, I guess WordPress's response was, but we don't sell them through the app. Like you have to go to the website. Uh, we have a section where there was a way through the app, you could actually find the listing and the prices for those. And they offered to block that out of the app. So you couldn't, 
And, and Apple said, no, that won't fix it. You have 30 days to, to develop your app to actually allow people to spend money in it. Because they wanted their 30%. Yes. And then just after, later yesterday, last night, I saw Apple released, released a new statement saying, oh, uh, never mind, uh, WordPress not allowing sales in the app is acceptable and we will, like, they phrased it in a, in a, okay, WordPress fixed everything, so it's okay, except WordPress apparently took out the option to buy anything through the app a long, long, long time ago. Like the author's version didn't have the ability to even see that stuff. He had, he checked with someone who had a prior version to try and figure out what date they had pulled that stuff, but it wasn't a new change. But so it was something that had been around for a long yeah, time. Yeah. No, WordPress had already taken it because they were like, Oh no, this app is meant to be just to do the free website stuff. The only thing that was at, you know, that they thought was if you had a paid WordPress plan and installed the app, like your ability to upload more than three gigs was available to you in the app. And they're trying to figure out, like, do we have to take that away so you can do anything more than what the free for? It's like you couldn't buy the plan through the app, though. The app didn't allow that. You couldn't, like, go to – there wasn't anything in the app to click on to go to the website and buy that stuff. Huh. But, I mean, it was just uh, – and how did uh, the WordPress people find out? Uh, The Twitter release. Apple didn't contact them about their change in decision. Oh, that, that, that doesn't surprise me at all. And it's just, so anyway. Yeah, I think Apple. That's becoming the thing anymore is you find out major things over Twitter that you probably should have been. (laughs) What do you mean I was fired? Well, Twitter says you're fired. The way Epic is doing this is in some ways a little crass. I mean, they deliberately violated the terms. I get that. They're selling merch for (laughs) related to this stuff. You know, they had that uh, 1984 Apple commercial. Uh, mock you, mock you style satire ready to go. Yeah. This was all planned and definitely. Epic, and a lot of people think Epic is kind of scummy too, is the thing. But I, I think Apple, I think the Apple's going to get a little bruised on this one. I think, um, other than the fact that there are a lot of people that, uh, in my very biased opinion, mistakenly went into the Apple infrastructure and are now beholden to them because they've chosen iPhones. Uh, this is not going to resonate with most consumers. Apple's position on this. Yeah, it's not. And one of the things uh, that I saw, an update that I saw this morning, was that uh, Apple had put out in their filing for the suit that Epic had approached them about this in June. About mm. creating the se- a separate store and giving the different ways to come in, and and apparently Apple just basically told them <laughs> no. So, uh, but I think where part of where Epic has a really good argument against Apple is how the non gaming apps are treated. You mentioned Amazon. I think Netflix right. is another example. Yeah, because I'm pretty sure all of those have signups and stuff that is outside, and they don't get thirty percent. So there's an of- inconsistency there. Yeah. I mean, I mean, is, is there, is there a Zoom app? Does, does Apple get 30% of people using Zoom on, on iPhones? Uh, I don't know. I'm sure they'd like to. Well, I'm sure they'd like to get 30% of everything. I'm surprised they haven't tried to get it set up so that if you, uh, if you're on the Apple, uh, inside the Apple system that you just, automatically deposit 30% of your paycheck in Apple. Uh, I'm surprised when you get paid. When you buy the Apple phone from Apple, they don't add a 30% Apple charge to it. 
<laughs> Granted, it's already so overpriced compared to their competitors in Android. I, I guess they don't need to do that. Well, I'm guessing they probably already have. They just don't. They just yeah. don't release it's it. Built it's, just it's, built it's just there. It's just built into in. the price. Uh, <laughs> uh, t- for those that don't know, Tony and I aren't the biggest Apple supporters, anyway. Yeah, no, it's it's not a fan. Yeah, not a fan. I've owned one Apple product in my entire life, and that was enough. That was enough. I didn't need any more. Was it the their watch, their smartwatch? No. It was a uh crap, what are they even what iPod? did they even Yes, it was an iPod. Okay. Yeah. Back sense. in the day. Uh one of the the very, very first iPods. And that was it. Mm. And I hated iTunes so much that I never went back. You were Zune for life after, baby. You're right. It's all about the Zune. Zune, Zune. Zoot, Zoot. All right. Uh, going on uh, in what is sure to be a disappointment and possibly a deal breaker for a lot of Xbox fanboys, uh, Halo Infinite is no longer going to be a launch title unless they delay the Xbox to next year. Because mm-hmm. it has been pushed to 2021. Yep. I guess the hairless, ugly brutes finally people were like, <laughs> well, maybe this isn't, maybe this wasn't just a pre alpha build or something. I don't, yeah. I don't know. I mean, uh, I, I think you summarized it well. I fully expect this to impact their sales because I think I the think Xbox, I think the Xbox Series X will still come out this holiday season. There's absolutely nothing else that I think of that is as compelling as Halo Infinite was to uh, a, a day one buyer. So d- does that mean it permanently damages the sales on the Xbox? No, I, I don't think that, but I do think there'll be a plenty of people that go, well, I don't need it. To, I don't need to get it for Christmas. If I mean, we don't know when it's going to come out in 2021. Maybe I need to get it next Christmas, you know? Right. It's like, so uh, yeah. Now, do I think they should delay it? Overall, yes, I think that's the right answer. I, though, I it is interesting because uh, yes, there has been criticism of the decision. And but as we all know, as those of us who follow video games know, and le- if your name is CD Projekt Red or Rockstar, you get praised when you announce delays. Everyone else gets attacked when they announce delays. But the idea is you do want the best game out there. And I still remember games that I've played so many that were rushed through and should have been held back. So I I say, yes, do this, uh, that putting out a good, a lot of people, I still haven't even finished. Well, it got stolen my burglary, but I still <laughs> haven't finished the story in Halo five. That is like the most hated story in the history of Halo. Like the multiplayer is a well-respected thing, but not that campaign. And as far as I got in the campaign, I understand why. And they do not want to make another blunder like that. So they really need Halo Infinite to be an excellent game. So it's just, I think it's very unfortunate that they don't seem to have a launch game now that is going to stir. I mean, okay, nothing's going to rise to the level. Halo Halo is their Mario. So I understand nothing will ever rise to that level, but it would be good for them to announce something. They still have a few months. It'd be good for them to announce something besides Forza. Yeah, they need to have something, but I don't know that 
I don't think there's going to be anything. There's not going to be anything that they can announce, and I don't think that there's anything that can get moved up. Nope, I, I, I think agree. They're just they're they're just going to get caught. I don't think this is going to be like, hey, uh, we're going to have a terrible Christmas sales uh, year. We're going to have a terrible holiday season, and the sales are going to be just completely non-existent. I just think that their sales are going to be lower than they would have been. Yes. I agree. I I mean, if I were Microsoft, my recommendation at this point is because I don't think you can you're going to have like an exclusive that is going to be able to fill the shoes of Halo, you need to just double down on the strategy of that your marketing campaign is you want this system with Game Pass. Yeah. And just emphasize all the free games that you get with a Game Pass subscription that will look great on the system. And we still don't know the pricing yet. So, I mean, obviously... They, I think the, uh, here's the, the thing. I really thought made, the pricing would have been... I oh, figured pricing would have I, been out by I'm now. I'm shocked. I'm shocked. But if they're pricing at least $50 under the PlayStation, they, they already will be giving them... So, that will help mitigate the damage of not having the, like shining star on the hill sort of stuff price price matters i mean right so so we'll see but yeah anyway disappointing disappointing and but based upon the trailers and stuff probably not the worst idea i agree (laughs) some more twitch dramas in a slightly different way uh an advertising agency representing burger king went to a bunch of different Twitch streams uh, that use the text-to-speech to to read out donation messages and started donating uh, the cost of Burger King menu items and having the messages related to said menu items. Mm, I saw a video of this. Yeah, and that's the thing. I think that's what makes it even worse is (laughs) after they did it, they put out a video... Of them doing it and talking about what great advertising it was and all that stuff. Here is here is five dollars <laughs> for you to be able to buy a burger, a small fries, and drink at Burger King. Yeah, I just it's so. I understand what they were thinking, and honestly, I can see why they would consider it a good idea. It's a. T- terribly unethical idea though in my mind because it's because because i thought this was pretty clever actually i think the primary reason that i would consider it all the way up to unethical is a lot of these uh people have uh a management teams a lot of the big streamers are part of groups of streamers that work together and have a production team uh, and even the ones that don't, they all have advertising uh, prices and advertising roles. And it'd be one thing if the advertising team had come to them and said, hey, we want to do some advertising. This is how we wanted to do it. We thought it would be funny. And they're like, yeah, that's a great idea. Here's Here are my fees for utilizing my platform for advertising. But that's not what they did. This is basically like if somebody, you laid down and you went to bed and a team showed up out of nowhere and they vinyl wrapped your car as an advertisement for a, a check into cash place. And you came outside and it's just like, oh, my 
car is a giant billboard now. So it's something that, I mean, this is something that they do. They probably either have their own thoughts on advertising. The, they make decisions on advertising based upon their own personal feelings. I mean, we have our own internal rules that we utilize for advertising. Uh, they have, in some situations, they have large already uh, investments in an advertising group. They have signed contracts, some of which could be considered, could have non-compete clauses where they're not allowed to shill for a possible con- competitive company. And then they just came in and did it. Okay. Uh, and I under, I do understand all of that, but I guess going back to the, the check into cash, uh, vinyl wrap scenario, but is this not the case where it would be if I went to sleep, but I had already put into my stream that, Oh, by the way, people, you're allowed to come and vinyl wrap my car because they're choosing to implement a donation system that does text to speech and people are allowed to type in whatever they want. So, except for they're not really allowed to type in whatever they want because most of them have systems in place that will catch and shut it down if there are what would be considered, you know, sexual or racist yep, or I, sexist. Yes, or, that, that, I mean, that there, is are, true. there are rules to it, rules of just general, because that whole thing is designed. For a specific interaction with the uh, viewers, and that's what it, it's not made to be an advertising platform. It's made to be right. for I, the interaction. They deal with the advertising on the back does, side of unless it. Unless when you do the donation, does it say you aren't allowed to type an advertisement in here? I don't because know. I've unless never that's there, then it's allowed to be used for anything. I mean, I've seen plenty of things when you click on like to chat in a channel. It says you're not allowed to. Say anything that's sexual harassment, racism, bigotry, you know, they have rules. Right. That you signed a non-compete clause on on an advertising setup and then you allow a system where people can write essentially anything that they want and you don't have a disclaimer that you're not allowed to self-promote or, you know, promote anything. Like the name of the person going in was like called Burger King Menu Deals or something. It was the examples I saw. So it was identified. It wasn't, they didn't pretend to be a normal human being. I get, I get it. I get, I think the streamers are mostly mad because someone was able to not pay them thousands of dollars and instead pay them five bucks to promote a sandwich. But don't you understand they're streamers and they're fully supported by their viewers and not the multi-thousand dollar deals they have on the back end. I mean, I, it's just, I, I get it, but to me, it's like, I don't, I feel bad because I feel like I'm siding with Burger King, but, but it's like <laughs> their ad You're agency exploited, exploited a, a system which is designed to trick people into donating more than they otherwise would by getting their message read aloud because the streamer is too self important to read the message aloud themselves. And I've just, I've seen that text to speech thing. Just, get tricked into saying some really bad things before. Uh, so I yep. don't, I, I just, I really frown on people using it outright at all. I'm uh, not I, a fan of it. And, uh, you know, I think it's, I think it's better when the streamer actually takes the time to read it themselves. Like, uh, but that's just me. So anyway, uh, yeah, I get it. I don't blame them for being mad. 
I'm I'm very skeptical that uh, I don't know where this would be a violation of Twitch's terms of service or not. If it is, there's supposed that, that, to, uh, that's, that's on the ad is, agency. But I saw a couple places that say that it's a could be depending upon exactly how you took some of the wording, hmm. which translates into a that's going to involve lawyers to make that decision. Okay. Well, I mean, I I'd probably I, my suggestion would be that Burger King not continue to use this tactic. But given what has ended up happening, because you don't want to seem like you're just trying to cheap out. I get what they were going for or what I think they were going for. I don't think it was necessarily motivated by Burger King trying to save a bunch of money. I think they just thought this would be a good way to make a viral video that they could go, look at us being so clever. We're love us millennials. Yeah. But I, I think I think that's exactly the reason they went for it. But I'm like, I mean, with but, their advertising budget, it's not like they're like, man, we need to save. You know, fifteen hundred bucks. But on the flip side, uh, uh, most of the streams that were, I assume, used or targeted. I mean, if they're at the point where they have management and adverse, I, I don't, I don't want to be negative. I just, I don't have a lot of. I just, I don't. I guess I just don't have a lot of pity for people that get to play video games for a living, whining about wanting more money. I can totally understand that. Uh, and and that may be that I'm just going in assuming that they're all ma- that all the ones that are complaining make six figures. So and they and they don't because they hit they hit people all over and they hit small uh, streamers they hit right. big streamers. So, so they I'm hit- not so I'm not being I'm not being totally fair with that. But that's the sort of where it's like I get it, but I don't sympathize all that much with their their plight. It's like you still got a five dollar donation out of it. Why don't you go buy yourself some Burger King? Get over we've got, it. We've got a special right now, so you yeah. can get you can get a Whopper fries and a drink I feel, for five I, bucks. Right. I, I feel bad for the ones that got the four dollar thing instead of the five dollar one. <laughs> Whoa, now that was just cheap. Come on, at least let them get the full like five dollar experience. The full five dollar experience. Mmm, that's want to go to Burger King. Yum yum. It's like if I Subway was... did this and they didn't give you enough for a foot long and like six inch sub. Oh come on. <laughs> At least let a guy eat. That's all I'm saying. You don't think a six inch sub's good enough? Not for me. <sighs> yeah, me neither. But I also haven't been to a Subway in. No, it's kind of gross. So years and years and years and years and years. I like Firehouse. Firehouse is good. Um, we've been doing since there's a Planet Sub sub in town mm, now. Yeah, I've been doing Planet Sub a fair chunk. Um, I did do. I haven't been to a McDonald's or a Burger King in forever. I did do a Hardee's run the other day. Mm, yeah, I haven't been to Hardee's in a long time. That was pretty good. Um, but yeah. No, we'll see. Uh, one last little thing that's not really drama. It's just an uh, interesting continuation of, was it last year's thing or the year before? Uh, Supreme, as we know, has already done a Supreme pinball machine. Yeah. It looked great next to your Campus Queen. It would look amazing next to my Campus Queen. Now... They're doing a Supreme Mortal Kombat arcade cabinet. Whoa, finish him and his wallet. Well, and that thing is it's not even a full-size arcade cabinet. 
It's a rebrand of one of those arcade one-up Mortal oh, Kombat okay. cabinets, the little ones that they're selling like Walmart and stuff. Yeah, yeah, those are those are like what they're under five hundred bucks, right? Yeah, they're like two hundred bucks. Uh, if you, to get it and the right the Mortal Kombat machine plus the little riser stand, so it's tall enough so it can be used by somebody when it, that's not a child, uh, is like three hundred and sixty bucks. Okay, which means obviously. It's going to be over a thousand dollars when it says Supreme on it. Do you think it'll be as low as a thousand? You know, I wouldn't be surprised if it was at least fifteen hundred. I, I'm going to guess that it's at least three thousand. You think? Well, I'm trying to factor in like what what their brick markup and stuff is. That's true. The brick markup was just and what dumb. was there? I mean, I know how much people ask for on eBay for Supreme pinball machines, but I'm trying to remember what the markup of. Of that was, it was basically the, I mean, they did do a full commercial style cab, even though they used the, the, the Spider-Man home layout and did have the DMD, but yeah, I, yeah, I'm going to say 3000. I, I'm not, I, I'm not confident. I haven't done, I didn't run the math enough, but if they're charging 50 bucks for a brick and what's a normal brick cost less than a dollar, I, I just, I don't know. Yeah. I, that's crazy. I have bricks in my yard. I'll sell them for a dollar. I need to get rid of them. There are just so many of them. People just throw them through my window to steal from me. <laughs> yeah, that's you know if you could write write Dennis on them and sell them for like a hundred bucks a pop. Yeah, because people you could, just you, you could be the new Dennis supreme. You could be the new supreme. Ugh. We should EGP brand them. <laughs> Speak, speaking of EGP, we're, we're at the end of the EGP episode, so I guess it's time to promote. We don't have a brick to send you to promote, but we can say you can go to eclecticgamers.com to visit our website, and you can email us at eclecticgamerspodcast at gmail.com, or visit us at facebook.com slash eclecticgamerspodcast. We're available on Twitch, Twitter, and Instagram as eclectic underscore gamers. And we will be back in a couple of weeks, and hopefully we'll have as much news as we did this time, because I thought this made this episode work really well. Yeah, it did. We're, I, we're, I, we're I, so I, dependent on being able to use topics to drive our discussion. I know. It's, it's, I actually, here's the thing, and if anybody's still listening, tell us what you think. I'd actually had an idea of adding back in a third segment when our news was getting so short that was basically just going to be the intro segment expanded. It was just going to be chatting about random stuff corner just to get some more time up yeah i i think uh, i mean i know from pinball forums there's some people that absolutely hate the off-topicness most of them though dislike it being front-loaded right Um, so normally i think that there is more acceptance if we were to stick it at the end uh so for those that don't know obviously we always do a a, our intro which can be completely off-topic we try very hard to keep it under 10 minutes um, it sometimes happens and it sometimes happens. Uh, I can, I think it's only been a couple of times we went over 15 and we, I think I always got complaints when that has happened, but, uh, which I understand, but it's like, it's a discussion and discussion doesn't always stay completely focused on topics. So it's, it's artificial if you take it away. Right. But yeah, I mean, yeah. Right in. If you have thoughts on that, uh, because I, I mean, mean, we can, my we can like talk because that would let us yeah. stretch and do more and talk about you know the shows we've watched mm-hmm. more in depth and movies and and just uh, you know, how honestly, terrible us Project Power a, was. Doing a and, film and TV podcast always made a lot of sense. I just don't want to pay for another RSS feed. Yeah, no, it totally does. And 
finding the time to record a second podcast. Well, yeah, yeah. I, well, I would think maybe that would be like a monthly or something. Yeah. <laughs> just because, yeah. There's so little time. So little time. <laughs> but it would be awesome because our uh, we know more about that stuff than this stuff, quite frankly. We're expert. We're basically directors. So <laughs> We're basically directors. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, how hard could it be? <laughs> so. Well, uh, I'm Dennis, and I will say so long for now. And I'm Tony. See you next time. Talk to you next time. Whatevs.